All right, we're up and running here. Uh, before we get started, I did want to take a moment and introduce uh, the the newer audience or some people joining uh, the podcast, whether you're watching on YouTube or listening on Spotify or, or Apple or any of the podcast uh, services there. Uh, this is the PD's Picks Podcast. I'm PD, Craig Peterson. Uh, I talk all things youth hockey in the state of Michigan. So uh, AAA hockey, tournaments, showcases, top players, top teams in the state, as well as uh, the high school hockey circles, which we're going to spend a lot of time on uh, today and throughout the rest of this month. And I'll have, I'll have more on that as we go. So uh, again, if you're not familiar with me, uh, be sure to, to follow me. I'm on all social medias, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, uh, TikTok, obviously here on YouTube as well. Uh, would certainly appreciate it if you like and subscribe. Uh, if we talk about anything that piques your interest, be sure to subscribe so that you can stay up to date on everything we're talking about. Uh, and also open up the doors uh, to you guys as well. If there's anything you guys want to discuss or uh, want to talk about here on the pod, be sure uh, you can send us an email at contactpdspicks at gmail.com. And be sure to visit the website to pdspicks.com where all of my content lives, whether it's blogs, videos. Uh, I got top 10 rankings. I got power rankings for the AAA teams right now. And as we work through the month, I'll have uh, preseason rankings for the high school circles as well. So again, pdspicks.com has everything you need there too. So uh, be sure to check out all that and also stay tuned here for the episode as we talk about uh, really just about everything here in, in the high school or in the youth hockey circles. So uh, with that, let's talk some hockey. Um, you know, I did want to recap some action from the weekend, doing a little scoreboard watching, um, instant reactions, things like that. I did see uh, 16U VH, who, you know, I've been very high on all season so far. If you've listened to any of the episodes, I've, I've talked pretty highly about that, that VH 07 squad uh, beat OJG one, nothing. I was a little surprised by that, but you know, the more I look into uh, that 07 OJG team, they're, they're, they're playing teams tough. I want to say they're only like six and four or seven and five on the season, but you know, all those losses are scrappy one goal, two goal losses. They're hanging in with some tough opponents uh, you know, from what I saw, what I recall from, you know, the Maha showcase, for instance, I don't know that they have as much talent or, or as deep as VH or little Caesars at that age level, but, you know, scrappy enough, gritty enough to kind of keep some of those games close that, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if, if they stole some games this year and surprise some people, um, and ultimately build that body of work to put you in a good spot there for, for the Maha state playoffs at the end of the year. So, uh, VH, by the way, I noticed, uh, the Wendy Dufton Memorial tournament is coming up this weekend and I saw VH is, uh, scheduled to be in attendance, compete against, you know, some really high level, uh, Canadian teams there. So that's really good competition. Um, unless that's outdated, but again, like I said, the, I'm, I'm just going off of what I saw on the website there. So if in fact VH heading out to, to Ontario this weekend, I don't know, I think it's the London junior Knights. Uh, host that event, but real quality event. A lot of top teams, obviously from Canada. Um, VH was only one of maybe two or three U.S. based teams that I saw. I think I saw like the oh, who was it? The Colonials, New Jersey Colonials. Maybe there was another some other teams representing the U.S. there. But 
Uh, also did want to get to a bit of an MDHL update. I think this coming weekend is the last weekend of league play. Uh, and then the showcase is next Wednesday. And I'm definitely eyeing that, planning on being in attendance for that, where uh, it's basically the top 40 18U players from the league, the top 40 16U players from the league. Uh, and, and they play, no, not a scrimmage, they play a game, but it's MDHL versus MDHL. And, and uh, you know, usually a, a highly scouted event. You know, you're getting the cream of the crop players from that fall league. Uh, so that's always fun to watch, and and we'll definitely keep an eye out for that and have some instant reactions. Maybe I'll delay the pod next week so I can talk about the showcase. Uh, but nonetheless, we'll we'll talk about it extensively. I'll have coverage there on the website as well, so stay tuned for all of that. Uh, to bring you up to speed a little bit on what's going on in the MDHL, Team Green sits in first place. Uh, that's the West Michigan team, West, You know, all the kids based out of the West Michigan for the most part. Uh, seven, two and one record Jackson Froisland leading the team in scoring, uh, six goals and 16 points. I don't know that that's all that surprising that he's the one, uh, out in front there. You know, he was a big contributor there on, on the team, Michigan, uh, HP 18s last spring. Uh, and obviously looks ripe to have a big senior season as well. So, uh, Cam Duffney. So this is kind of weird. I was, when I was looking at numbers, I was a little surprised to see this. Cam Duffney leads the league in points. Brooks Rogowski leads the league in goals. And Jackson Walsh leads the league in assists. I don't think you ever see that very often where your points leader doesn't also lead in goals or assists. Uh, So a pretty unique dynamic there in the league. I think that's kind of exciting, I think, to see where – where you've got a lot of names that are standing out and performing well. And, and, you know, those are just a couple of them. Um, Duffney, obviously the guy there in Brighton and, and Brighton, I think is, is really ripe for a big season this year and, and can't wait to see what they do. Rogowski, Jackson Walsh, obviously two big hitters there for CC. We've talked about both of them pretty extensively over the last couple of weeks. Uh, and then Joe Bettles, um, underclassman goalie, I think he's a first year high school kid. I'm I'm not positive on that, but uh, another CC kid, you know, CC again, reloading very much. We'll get into my preseason previews and and stuff like that further down the line, but obviously CC is, is at the top until someone proves me otherwise. Um, Joe Bettles, a 1.61 goals against average and a 95% save percentage. Uh, Both those numbers are, are, pretty insane for the MDHL. I've mentioned it before. That league is very much like a, it's like an all-star game in the NHL. Like it doesn't favor the goalies. If you've got a three, you know, a three something goals against average, that's pretty good in the MDHL uh, and battles well below that with a one, six, one, very impressive. And uh, we'll definitely want to see more of him and, and the rest of the league here as we, as we wrap up league play their showcase, and then they'll get into uh, the CCM Motown, which I think is two weeks away. And then they'll also have uh, playoffs there too. So a lot coming up there for the MDHL. Uh, Okay, so kind of debuting a new segment here, a new series. Uh, I teased it on Twitter for those of you that are following. And if you're not, be sure to follow because Twitter tends to be the one where um, I kind of tip 
tip people off on, on news the most in terms of what we're going to be doing, what content's coming out, that type of stuff. Uh, but I teased that uh, I was going to be doing con conference previews throughout the month of October here. You know, we are basically one month away from the start of the high school hockey season. Uh, there's 13 uh, Michigan high school hockey conferences, or at least according to the Hockey Hub. Uh, so what I'm going to do is spend some time breaking down each one of those conferences individually. And we're going to talk teams, recap last year, um, returners, players to watch, teams to pay attention to. And I'll give you my picks and predictions for who I think could end up on top at the end of this season. Uh, so we're going to talk a lot about each one of those conferences individually. I'm going to start today uh, with three conferences, and I'm going to I'm going to call it the 10-minute talk. I'm going to set my, my phone timer here, and we'll spend 10 minutes on each one of those conferences. Uh, and if I can get through everything I can in under 10 minutes, great. Maybe we'll just kind of keep rolling and, and go from there. Um, so this will be a little kind of pressure under the gun, see how much, I, see how much of this I can get in uh, in 10 minutes, and hopefully don't, don't get cut off or, or run out of time here. But uh okay let me make sure if there's anything else i wanted to hit on before we get started here uh to give you a bit of a preview you know it's in the title it's in everything but you know today going to be talking the mid michigan conference uh the mac and the macomb area conference and the lakes valley conference here to get us started and next week we'll have three more conferences and the week after that three more and then maybe towards the end we might do you know maybe spend a little bit more time on, on some of the, uh, some of the other conferences or maybe even the state and divisions as a whole. Maybe we could do something like that. So, uh, okay. I'll get my timer out. We'll get, we'll get ready here. I'll set the timer here, 10 minutes and hope that I don't look like an idiot because if I burn through all this information and there's still like five minutes left on the clock, that's going to be Really awful there. Um, so let me, I was going to preface this with something I'm kind of spacing at the moment, but nonetheless, ton of research here, ton of information. The other thing too, I will mention is uh, I will have blogs on the website that will coincide with each one of these conferences individually. Uh, so if you don't get enough information or, or content or uh, or details and stats from me here, you can always go to pdspicks.com where I'll, definitely have more information too. So, uh, okay. Let's start the timer here. Ready? I got it. There we go. got my second one. Okay. Here we go. Ready and go. Uh, the mid Michigan hockey conference is where I'm going to start today with the first little segment here. I do, I'm setting a timer here. I got to explain this. This is what I was going to say earlier. Um, I try to keep these episodes to about 30 minutes. These ones obviously are going to run long if I'm spending 10 minutes on each conference, but um, I did want to kind of preface that these episodes might be a little bit longer. Hopefully you're okay with that as a listener. Uh, appreciate any and all feedback as well. So leave a comment. Let me know what you think too. Maybe you want more time. Maybe you want 20 minute talk on each one of these conferences. So, uh, okay. Mid Michigan. Four-team conference. It's the smallest conference in the state. I think there's another conference in the north that's another four-team conference. But uh, nonetheless, four teams. 
Those four teams, though, managed to represent 21 different schools in the state. And that is uh, wild to me. Those are some some pretty large co-ops of, what did I see? Five schools, seven schools, six schools, stuff like that. Like, they're very large co-ops. But uh, nonetheless, last year's champ was FNV Griffins. That's Freeland, Nouvelle Valley. Um they were 13-11-0 on, on the season, 6-0 in conference play. Uh, they managed to finish 85th overall in the state, according to my hockey rankings. Uh, Fenton Linden, who was second in the conference, finished right behind them at 86th overall. So those were the top two ranked uh, teams in the conference in the state landscape there for you. Uh, Fenton Linden... Uh, was the only league member last year to advance past the first round of the MHSAA state playoffs. Uh, they had a 5-1 win over Milford, which I think, you know, that's a pretty big win on on, uh, on their scale there. So a uh, 5-3 five, five, win over Milford, a good Milford team there in the first round. Uh, and then they got eliminated by White Lake Lakeland in the regional semifinal. Uh, those are two teams we'll actually have more on a little bit later as we talk the uh, the Lakes Valley Conference. But uh, Fenton Linden graduated its top four scorers. So a little bit of concerns there as far as what's coming back or what's in the pipeline here moving forward. I do like Dominic Corso Jr. Though, uh, he had four goals and 14 points as a secondary player last year. Um, can he step into that scoring role? You know, that void that was left behind by, by the likes of Caden Crandall, Carson Gardner, Mitchell Luck, Jace Dumais, like they lost a, a good amount of offense there. So the question to me then is, is can a dominant Corso kind of fill that void? Uh, FNV returns a, a kid I like here. Uh, uh, he was a freshman last year, Tristan Pohl, um, 14 goals and, and was a point per game guy for them uh, as a freshman. So uh, FNV returning that plus Brady Kingsbury, uh, who enters his senior season on the blue line there. Uh, so two players there in the conference that uh, you definitely want to keep an eye on. Uh, one game to circle on the calendar. How much time do I got? Oh, wow. I got plenty of time here. I could probably slow down a little bit. Um, one game to circle on the calendar here uh, is obviously the battle of the Griffins. You got the FNV Griffins. You got Fenton Linden Griffins. Uh, the way the conference is set up, I believe you play everybody twice. Uh, I think the winner of the first game between F- FNV and Fenton Linden really may not matter because the loser ultimately I could see them running the table and being in a position where they're, what would that be? Four and one. What would that be? Anyways, where, where you've got that one loss, but you're undefeated in the rest, you go into that second matchup. One team's undefeated. One's got one loss. If the team with one loss wins, they ultimately earn a share of the conference championship um, in the undefeated team there or, or the team that's ahead uh, wins and they win outright type thing. So I do think, uh, I think that first game will be a tough game, but I don't think it's necessarily a backbreaker if you lose it because you always have that second game in your pocket. So still got to take care of business, still got to beat the teams you got to beat, but ultimately, um, you know, like I said, that second matchup is, is going to be the key there. So, uh, all league championships on record, this was kind of wild, uh, at least that I could find on the hub basically came down to these two teams. And, and I like using that, that, uh, that example, maybe that'll catch on there in, in the, in the conference, the battle of the Griffins uh, battle of the mascots, but 
ultimately 2024, I don't think that trend changes. I think it still comes down to these two uh, programs. FNV has won five of the last six league championships, uh, and they return a ton of key players. Some of them I've already mentioned, right? Um, so anytime, especially in the high school circles, when you're returning a lot of experience, like a lot of the teams I'll, I'll talk about today are bringing a lot of guys back. Um, and anytime you have that, it's definitely a, a, an ace up your sleeve or, or a nice thing to have in your back pocket there. So, um, as dominant as FNV has been over the last couple of years, I do like, um, a couple of the returners for Fenton Linden that I mentioned earlier. Uh, on top of that, Porter Labaki, uh, in that he was a kid who, what do I got here? You know, he was a kid who, um, I thought started to separate himself late, la- late in the season, last season, uh, ultimately come playoff time. I think he ended up being the guy in net, um, had a, what is it? I had his record on here somewhere. You know, he had a, he managed to to post a winning record on, on a team that finished three games under 500. Like, uh, I, I think that that says a lot about, um, the comfort level maybe you should have when he's in that. But, um, I do think, you know, he'll be able to, to steal a couple games in that conference and, and, uh, may even give, like I said, Fenton Linden a chance to compete with FNV, regardless of who FNV is returning. So, um, I'm I'm not going to rule out Fenton Linden as a as a as a contender there or um, completely give the nod to FNV. I do think FNV is the odds-on favorite and, and probably should come out on top. However, I think uh, I think the other Griffins in the conference could give them a fight there as well. Uh, let me see if I want to if there's anything else here. As far as FNV goes, I'm getting down to it a little bit. I'm doing all right on time. This isn't too bad. Uh, FNV, you know, they've they've produced some some real nice players over the years. Kids who have played three and four years, like kids who have been committed to the process as far as high school hockey goes, which you like to see, you know, and, and programs like that do have to tend to kind of bring those kids in young and then develop them to be the players they end up being as juniors and seniors. Um I do think FNV is, is one of those solid, I'll call it a mid-major type team. Um, you know, it's not a CC or a Heartland or a Rice, but damn, you know, they're they're growing and developing a lot of those players, like I said, where you're bringing in a young guy like Tristan Pohl and, and kind of helping develop and shape him into a matured player throughout the process. But also, you know, a lot of that development and growth happens in your non-conference games. Who are you playing out of conference and I think FNV is doing a real nice job with that. Hold on a second. Sorry about that. Um, I'm trying to burn through all this stuff, and I'm running out of gas, so I got to take a got to take a water break there. Um, looking at their non-conference last year, even, and it doesn't even matter to me whether they won or lost the game. When you're taking on top teams like Lumen Christie and Midland and Cranbrook, for God's sakes, um, RU Rochester United is a program I've always liked too. Bay City. I mean, those are some big feathers in the cap there. Um, you know, a notch on your belt, whether you win or lose, the fact that you took them on and, and in a lot of instances played them tough, like that says a lot. And I think sets you up for success. Uh, maybe not in the short term, right? Maybe that loss stings and sucks that week or that weekend. But ultimately, that experience is going to help the program grow, the players grow and develop. Um, year over year. So, you know, them being 13, 10 and 0 last year, 
I think you can see FNV um, really build off of that. And I think, um, you know, secure that conference championship, which is another feather in the cap as you're kind of growing and, and developing that program. They're doing a lot of nice things in terms of player development, in terms of program development, uh, and challenging yourselves when you're taking on top teams like that. So there's a lot to like out of that program. And, uh, and, and ultimately, uh, I can't say enough good things. So, um, liked a lot of what I saw, the more I was digging and, and the more I was researching and, and whatnot. So, <clears throat> um, so let's see here. I got 38 seconds left. I'll put a bow on that, uh, for now. I don't know <clears throat> if I had, if I can get to it, I'm going to run out of time. Uh, if I had any other players I could mention or give a shout out to real quick, but, uh, on short notice, that's going to be hard for me to pull up. So I, uh, I will uh, take a knee and let the clock run out here with, with 15 seconds there. Um, and we will move on to the, to the Mac and not the, not the Toledo Akron Bowling Green Mac, uh, but the Chip Valley Utica Unified Port Huron type Mac, right? Um, a lot of teams to get into here. Uh, let me pull up my notes just so I'm a little more ready to roll here when we, when we start the clock. Uh, okay. You guys ready? I'm ready. We'll go. Uh, okay. So as far as the Macomb conference goes, uh, full disclosure here, I'll admit, I, I think I've dogged this conference, whether it was consciously or subconsciously over the years. Uh, it's just an, a unique area of the state. It, it's like a state in a state. And, and what I mean by that is that little pocket of the state, like, you know, I got a buddy who lives in Shelby Township. I'm never just driving through Shelby Township and I'm like, oh, hey, buddy, I'll let me stop by and say, hey, like, it's, it's not an area of the state you really pass through very much. You're either, if you're from there, you stay in that little bubble. And if you're outside of there, it's not an area you kind of go into unless you have a need to go, uh, to go there kind of thing. Same thing. You don't really leave unless you have a need to leave, you know, that type of stuff. So it's just a unique area of the state. So like I said, maybe subconsciously, I just kind of, you know, write it off or dog it a little bit and that's a hundred percent on me. So, um, good news is the research and everything I've, you know, was digging and doing, I can definitely be won over by a couple, by multiple, you know, multiple teams here in this, in this conference. But uh, I digress. That was a, a long little rant there, but feel free to, to fire away at me on Twitter, Facebook, whatever you want. Give me your two cents and tell me how great Macomb County is. Um, so used to be a 15 team league uh, divided into three divisions. It's now, I think 10 teams, two divisions of five, basically. Uh, and a little unique in that they don't, uh, when I was in the SEC, we did the same thing. They, they crown division champions. They don't have an overall conference champion. So uh, last year, uh, what am I looking at here? If I can get back to it. Uh, here we go. Chippewa Valley and Eisenhower tied for the red division championship. Unica, Utica United won the white division. Um, kind of a unique year where they ended up having basically three MAC champions uh, because of the tie and everything. But uh, some of the largest standalone 
and co-op programs in the entire state. Uh, Chip Valley United, you know, that was a, a co-op there, a very new co-op with Macomb, Dakota. Uh, that put them north of 5,000 in terms of enrollment. And I think that is that is pretty close to, if not the largest co-op in the state. Um, and so that's a big dog. Utica Unified, obviously, is north of 3,500. Port Huron, I believe, was tagged as a as a co-op there on MHSAA.com. Uh, and then St. Clair Shores Unified has been uh, a co-op there for a couple of years now, too. So uh, standalones, you got Ike, who's north of 2,200, Anchor Bay, uh, 1,840. All two, four, six of those programs are Division One teams uh, for the state hockey playoffs. Uh, so you're looking at six of the ten member uh, programs as as D one schools. So uh, let's see. I already touched on the division champions. Uh, I was, you know, I did want to kind of shout out or, or kind of recognize the the division champs from a season ago, but Utica United United didn't have any information other than scores on, on the hockey hub. So there's not really a whole lot I can tell you about Utica uh, other than they were the white division champs last year. Uh, let's see here. Ike closed out the season on a seven, four and run. I know that might not sound like the most impressive way to close out a season, but, um, but I kind of tip my cap to it, especially, you know, when I was looking at, you know, how the season started versus how the season ended. I think they came a long way. And then looking at some of the players they're returning, it's a, it was a young group last year. So I think you can absolutely hang your hat on a seven, four and finish, especially when it led to a 13, 10 and two overall record. And then the other component to it, which to me is probably the most important was seven of those losses were by two goals or fewer. Um, so they were a young squad and still were never fully out of the fight in a lot of those games. Um, and, you know, they graduated seven seniors. Uh, a lot of their top scorers are back, which I think bodes extremely well. I'll get into more of that in a second here. Um, so I, there's just a lot to like there about Ike uh, and the Eagles, and, and I'll, I'll get into it a little bit more here in a second. Uh, Chippewa Valley United, like I said, their first year as a co-op, uh, went 27 and 0, which was by far the best record in the conference. Uh, they did graduate 63.9% uh, of their offense from a season ago. So there's a huge void there. Uh, I, I, I got to see kind of how they replace that uh, or replenish that here in the off season. I do know uh, they got a, they got Cam Staskowski coming in or, or my understanding uh, is that he's knocking on the door anyways. I got a good look at him at the MHA Top 80 Showcase, uh, and I'm a big fan of him. He's a he's coming in as a sophomore. A lot to like about his game. He just uh, plays the game the right way, does a lot of the right things. I won't get into too many of the incoming people because I just don't uh, – I, I don't know officially – who's going to make teams, who's not going to make teams. So I don't want to dwell too much on, on who I, who may or may not be coming in, but Cam Staskowski is a kid. Um, I, I thought I'd at least mention cause I, I like his game a lot and obviously saw a good amount of him there at, uh, at the top 80 showcase. So uh, let's see here. I got to speed up a little bit. We're under four minutes. Um, 
Returning players worth noting, uh, Ike has a boatload, like I said, uh, that return a ton of offense. Jacob Scarrett, Dominic Riggio, uh, John Luca Varelli, Michael Zelenic, Greg Dockin. Those were all, let's see, one, two, three, four, five guys. I want to say they were five of the top six scorers on the team. Uh, I could be a little off on that. But nonetheless, like Ike's biggest contributors from last year are – all back basically is, is kind of what it seems like. So, uh, Scarrett, he was a guy who scores in bunches. Uh, I want to say he had seven multi-point games last year. Uh, that's pretty huge. Riggio had 31 career goals, uh, scored 28 points in 21 games last season. I think he's ripe for a big 23, 24 campaign. Um, so there's going to be a lot to light there uh, out of the Eagles. Um, St. Clair Shores, they only had four defensemen listed on the roster last year. So whoever they had on the back end, it didn't matter. They were going to log a ton of minutes. But there was, there was two that stood out to me uh, that I think could be could be in for a real nice campaign building off of that experience where you're logging so, so much minutes and, and seeing so much ice uh, to build off of that experience now. Uh, for one, Zach Del Monte ent- entering his second season. Um, you know, Del Monte was a point per game guy as a freshman. Uh, and, and then another guy here, senior Austin Brown, both of those guys return, uh, after having logged a bunch of minutes last season. And, you know, for a kid like Del Monte, I know for me going from my freshman year to my sophomore year, that was the biggest jump in development, uh, for me personally, when you get that second season under your belt, that first year, even with him being a point per game guy, you can still kind of be a little wide eyed and kind of adjusting to the speed all year long. But then that second season, you really settle in, you get a nice comfort level. You understand the game and the flow a little bit, a little bit better. So I do think a kid like Del Monte could see a huge jump in his production there uh, in the second year, even though the first year was, was uh, very impressively productive. Uh, I think in the, in the blog I wrote for the website, I think I put, he's unofficially the, leading scorer amongst freshmen last season. I can't confirm it because there's the website doesn't let me, but you know, 25 points. I got to imagine not too many people out did that, especially uh freshmen there. So, uh, Oh man, I got to go quick here. Conference champs. So I'll just jump right into this. Uh, my predictions, I'm going to take Ike again, because I mentioned a lot of the returners they got coming back. Uh, it's hard not to pick them. I do have concerns in net though. Uh, Evan Hayes, has graduated. He appeared in 24 games for them last season. So I think there's, there's just concerns there of what will be in net. And I just don't know that at this moment. So uh, Ike will have their hands full there and and trying to figure some things out, but you know, hopefully there's a solution there because if so, I I think this team uh, has the potential to do big things. Um, The other one here uh, I wrote on the website that St. Clair Shores unified could stand to be the biggest improvement year over year, not just in the conference, uh, but in the state as a whole, uh, you know, they finished two games under 500 and, and only ranked 76th in the state, but I think could make a huge improvement on that here in 23, 24. Uh, when you consider, you know, you're returning your team's leading scorer, Brennan link. I mentioned Del Monte already. Uh, plus they return all three goalies, which is a, a unique uh, benefit there. So you got, For another day. For another day. More on the Mac for another day. We will continue moving along here. Uh, 
if you guys couldn't hear that, that was my alarm going off. That's why I stopped mid-sentence there. I don't know how well that translated to uh, to the pod or to the audio recording, but maybe I'll, I'll crank up the volume here for you guys. That way, the third time around here, you can catch it. Uh, okay, let me dial back the alarm clock, and we will start the timer again. Uh, we'll close out today's episode uh, talking about the Lakes Valley Conference. Uh, White Lake Lakeland is the defending champ over Milford, Wald Lake Northern. Uh, you got the Western Pinckney Co-op, which I think was last year their first year as a co-op. This could be year two. Uh, South Lion, and you got Lakes Area. I don't think I missed anybody there. One, two, three, four, five. Okay, six. Cool. Six teams. Six teams in the conference. Again, I think it's a structured where you play everybody in the league twice. Uh, Lakeland, actually. Went undefeated in conference play last year, 10-0, and 0, uh, and currently riding an 11-game win streak in the LVC. Uh, they haven't lost a game since February of 2022, and I'm not sure, based on some of the research I've done, I'm not sure they're going to slow down anytime soon. So uh, last season, they outscored conference opponents 125-47. to 47. I want to say that's an average margin of victory of, of almost three goals per game. Uh, much of that offense... Uh, as a luxury, returns this fall or is expected to return this fall. you got Tim Hinkle, uh, Brennan Grant, Austin Scanlon um, should all be back. Like I said, projecting to see them all back. Plus, you got goaltender Paul Baker in net. Uh, those are a lot of big, important pieces uh, to have coming back after you just went undefeated in conference. Um, it's been a dominant run. However, I do think the rest of the conference is is going to start closing that gap a little bit here as we get into this season. And I'll, I'll have a little bit more on that in a minute. A uh, couple players I think worth noting in the conference, the worth paying attention to uh, Wald Lake Northern returns, Andrew Evans up front. Uh, he was a, he was third in the conference last year in scoring and was the team's leading scorer. Uh, Northern had a 10, six and two record in games where uh, Evans picked up a point. Uh, that plus you got Brennan Gessend. I think I'm saying that right. Gessend there on the back end. Uh, kid had 14 points as a sophomore, 15 as a junior. Senior year, I think he's ripe there for it to be his best year yet. Uh, Northern, I think, could make a significant improvement in the conference, especially this season when you have some of those key guys coming back, some of those key contributors. So uh, I think Northern is kind of worth mentioning and, and kind of spotlighting some of those players as well. Uh, Milford is another team. I like them to be in the hunt. I feel like they're in the hunt every year for this conference. Um, you know, Dennis Gagnon does a great job with Milford. He's a guy I've, I've known and appreciated for the, for a lot of years now and, and what he does to build programs and develop kids. Uh, D-man, Steven Vujic, 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 sorry. Uh, Steven Vujic, uh, was a captain on the blue line last season as a junior uh, expect, expect to see him back. He logged a ton of minutes too. you know, a big minute eater there on the back end. Um, I would expect the Mavericks to kind of lean on him again, uh, as a resource there. Uh, let's see here. The other thing too, this is, this could be another a young team there for, for coach Gagnon as well. You know, they graduated a third of their roster. Uh, I want to say it was only six or seven seniors so it's not a huge class but uh 
when you've got 17, 18, 19 kids on the roster, that's a, that's a big dent. That's a big divot to lose um, year over year. So it'll be an interesting challenge there, but I do, like I said, Milford returns quite a few, um, quite a few important pieces and, and it'll be interesting to see as well uh, what they got coming in and, and uh, the impact they can make right away. Cause I do think programs like Milford, uh, you know, FNV was another one I talked about earlier that, you know, they have a knack for St. Clair Shores, another one. Some of these programs do have a knack for finding, getting those freshmen to come in and, and contribute right away and, and play a big role. Um, so I wouldn't be surprised if uh, Milford unveils some freshmen, some 08, some 09s that, uh, that maybe I'm not privy to yet. And, and they end up, you know, being a point per game kid or, or end up playing a, a pretty significant role there for, for the Mavericks. Uh, also, and this is probably the biggest thing uh, for Milford, Cooper Langley, guys, kid's been a mainstay in net for Milford. Uh, he's played 51 of 52 games over the past two seasons uh, with a 37-21-0 overall record in his, in his career. A very rare instance where you get a goalie um, as a four-year starter. And again, you know, I'm talking about Milford finding those freshmen and, and building them for the long haul. Here's another guy, Cooper Langley, who, who came in as a freshman and, and now ripe for a senior year. He's had big years in the past and now in a position where he could, you know, arguably have his best year uh, at a pretty important time. So anytime you bring back goaltending, anytime you have that in your back pocket, um, I think it's the ultimate equalizer, especially in a conference like the Lakes Valley Conference. Uh, so, you know, I mentioned obviously Lakeland being the front runner, Wald Lake Northern having some nice pieces. Now you got Milford, who's got a four-year goalie uh, and some offense up front, you know, nice pieces at all three levels. Milford is another team to be considered uh, in the race, in the hunt, as I mentioned, uh, for a conference championship. Uh, and then also, like, I don't even have notes on them, but South Lion is a team I wouldn't sleep on either. South Lion, I know they had a bit of a down year last year, um, but that's another program who always seems to find uh, – the the one and done senior who comes in and, and plays a senior season and, and goes off for 50, 60 points or something like that has a big year. And I'm not saying that's going to be the case this year for South Line. I'm just saying they do have a tendency, you know, there's a ton of hockey players in that area. You don't fully know what South Line is going to bring out this season or who's going to be on that roster. That's a team who, you know, I don't care how they finished or or how bad or worse or whatever, you know, whatever that case may be, I don't care what they looked like last year. I I think they're always in the hunt for, for a conference championship here because they've done such a good job of that in the past several years, uh, being in the hunt, being in the mix right down to the end. So uh, again, it, South Lion wasn't one that I had highlighted. It wasn't one where I had too many players circled uh, uh, on my names to know, but it's still a program that I wouldn't sleep on in that conference. I think they still got a chance and, and could still muck it up uh, and give themselves a, a shot at winning a conference championship there. So, uh, okay. Conference prediction. Yeah. Just under three minutes left here. Conference prediction. I'm not going to waver from this. It's pretty cut and dry. It's pretty simple. I do think the rest of the conference starts to catch up a little bit, but I do think ultimately chalk wins out here. 
and Lakeland ends up uh, with another conference championship. They've won outright or a share of five of the last six conference championships on record. I don't know how I could possibly pick against that. Um, however, like I said, and I've mentioned a bunch of these programs already, I've mentioned basically over half the conference already as being in the hunt. And I think very well could be, um, I like Milford, uh, a couple of guys I didn't even mention Alex Kozar and Will Fulton up front, you know, they scored 31 and 30 points respectively between the two of them. Uh, so that's a team that I think has a really good shot at, at potentially pulling that upset in the conference and, and maybe sneaking and stealing a conference championship there. If any one team is going to do it, Milford would probably be the way I would lean. Um, however, the jerseys are a bit atrocious. They're a little tough for me. They're, they're not my personal favorite. The, the color schemes, the design, whatever it may be, Milford leaves a little bit to desire there in terms of the jersey. But uh, nonetheless, I'm giving them a very, very good chance uh, to contend for the conference championship there. Uh, Wald Lake Northern, I mentioned them. As long as you got a kid like Andrew Evans, uh, that kid gives Northern a chance to win more nights than not. So especially with the with the schedule and the conference that they play in. So um, South Lion, okay, I, I did mention them. 8-14-1 last season. So um, definitely not uh, the season type of season they've come to expect. So I'm hoping, and I'm sure they are too, uh, looking for a big bounce back season from them coming up here. Um, and even so, you know, I mentioned some of the one and dones that they might tend to get as a junior or senior, something like that. They do still have kids like Gavin Mulcahy and, and Carter Temple uh, who are one and two on the team in scoring last year. So those are two big names. Anytime you can return one of two of uh, some of your top scorers like that from a season ago, I think that uh, definitely bodes well for you regardless of who else you're losing or how many seniors are losing when you can return uh, some of your top dogs like that. So um, always a luxury to kind of have that in your back pocket. And what else? Sometimes, man, oh, that, that's all you need too. In a conference like the LBC, sometimes all you need is a dynamic duo there. Kind of put you over the top. And on that note, uh, we will put a bow on it. Uh, for this week's episode, the I gave you three, count them, one, two, three, ten-minute talks. Uh, one there on the Mid-Michigan Hockey Conference, the Macomb Area Conference, and the Lakes Valley Conference. Uh, so be sure, what else do I got here? Um, I'll also have written previews, blogs for all three of those conferences. I'll post those on pdspicks.com. So if I didn't give you enough information today in 10 minutes, you can always go to the website and get more info there uh, in terms of players, teams, who to watch, what to pay attention to, what I'm looking for uh, in the whole nine there. So uh, what else? Next week, uh, we'll be previewing three more conferences. Um, what do I got here? Oh, here we go. So next week, I'm going to hit on the SEC, which is my old stomping grounds. Uh, and then we'll also hit on the SCHL, which in a way is my old, old, old stomping grounds. Uh, and then we'll also have OAA coverage as well, uh, plus whatever else comes up in the Michigan youth hockey circles. Um, so 
that's it for this week's episode. You know, if you liked, if you enjoyed any bit of this, if you want to fight and argue with me over picks and tell me I'm an idiot and tell me who's going to win each conference or whatever it may be, you are more than welcome to do that on all social media platforms that I'm on, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, uh, PD's Picks. Be sure to find me. Be sure to follow. Uh, If you've made it this far through the episode, be sure to like and subscribe. I can download this podcast available anywhere you get your podcasts, uh, Apple, Spotify, the whole nine. Be sure to like and subscribe. Your your support is greatly appreciated, and I can't thank you enough. Uh, Until next week, be sure to skate hard, have fun, and I'll see you at the rink.